Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. Friday afternoon blindside for you. Hi, boys and girls. Two telling Nuanas 1029 ESPN Radio and across the state on SWX Montana Television. Hi, how are you? Great to be with you on this Friday afternoon. Hope you are doing well uh, and uh, enjoying your Friday, getting ready for a weekend, a warm weekend around the state. So we appreciate you being here with us. Uh, we thank you very much for it. If you would like to listen live to this show, but you're not around your radio or your television, well, fear not. They got this thing called the internet. It's quite the deal. What a doohickey, huh? 1029ESPN.com. You go there. It's the World Wide Web. It's our website. You listen live on the stream all the time, live. Thanks to Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to pick up your phone and call us, you can do that as well. 361-3688. 361-3688. We invite your calls today. You are welcome to call us anytime. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. Today in the show, we are happy to have a guest in studio, uh, an outstanding one of the one of the great Montana 
Grizzly basketball players of all time. Sorry for those listening on the radio. Coulter just jumped in front of the camera. I don't want to speak unless I'm on camera because I am a narcissist. Uh, anyhow, uh, Michael Ogine in studio with us. He uh, just, was it yesterday, Coulter, or even the day before, uh, signed a contract to go play in France. Going to play in a French professional league uh, over there in, 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 within the last, this week, right? He signed up to go do that. Uh, I think it was even as recently as like yesterday yeah, or maybe so. the, the day before. I just, I let, ran into his lady friend last night and she was like, Mike signed in France. And so then we... So we hunt, hit we, him we, up we, and we, we tracked him down. And when he was said, like, hey, man, he was like, man, on. my place is right by where you guys are at. So let's do it in the studio. Do it. So Absolutely. now we got our first guest, my favorite Grizz of all time, uh, first in studio guest. Ab- fantastic. So we're excited to have uh, him in here. He'll be in here in in, uh, in just about ten minutes or so. We also, as we like to do here on Friday, we'll have the chick who doesn't know sports. Our friend Carolyn going to uh, well. She's going to teach us all this. She's going to show us all our blind spots, right, when it comes to sports because, uh, you know, it's hard to not know as much as she doesn't know about sports. Is that the way to say it? Anyway, we have fun with Carolyn each uh, Friday. Top of the hour. We like to do this around here. We said we're going to do more of this, and we are. I'm happy about this. We're going to have ourselves a blind side. I got a couple of questions for Coulter. He's got a couple of questions for me, and we are going to, uh, you know, discuss them with one another uh, uh, live on air for your entertainment. So there you go. That is our show today. Uh, we're excited about it. And uh, Coulter, are we are we matching here? Sorta. You got anchors. I just got dashes and dots. I look like Morse code. Ryan is so observant that we went to my house to change out of the shirt that I had spilled on because, of course, I did. I wore a white shirt today. Sure. And Why uh, you? he didn't even notice I put on a new shirt, no. but then proceeded to take off his Schrodinger cat shirt and put on the same shirt as me. I got a dress. Even shirt. though we were just in the car together for half an hour. Well, you know. It's what, it's what I do. So, you know, I wasn't sitting across from you at that time. I was sitting next to you. How am I supposed to look at you when I'm I'm looking at the road? Okay. The song is called Level. It is by the Tours, led by the very famous Jack White. Who's my, that? My baby's on the level. She says, how can I see the road if I'm looking at the signs? And I would ask the same mm. metaphorical question. How can I see the road if I'm looking at All the I'm happy cold about cold. is that you decided you finally wanted to start dressing like me. It's a big improvement in That's your right, life. That's right, yes. You, you th- the very fashion forward, the cutting edge of all things, uh, Colton Nuanas. Boys and girls, it's a Friday. On Friday afternoons around here, we, uh, we like to have ourselves a little break to make sure that we get the weekend started in the right way with our friends from the Florence Coffee Company. It's time for our Florence Coffee Company coffee break. I got myself a uh, 12-ounce coffee. Uh, I know Tommy's got a 12-ounce coffee, which he was thrilled about. Now, I won't say that he bowed down to me because he was already underneath a desk on the ground working on something, but he was very appreciative to uh, get a Florence Coffee Company on a Friday afternoon. Yeah, You helped me out a lot, Ryan. I sur- sure did. What, what is that sound? And now I'm Sounds really like making a, progress no, here back here. <laughs> There we go. So, but actually, Tommy's got the soundboards up in uh, many of the studios yes, now. He does. Uh, the door on a production studio does does actually has a spring on it now, which is good because I was uh, going to rip it off the wall unintentionally. Good news, I hung a basketball hoop today, so I've done my part. I think uh, more or less. You're not on the radio. Oh, there well, you are. Then good. Thank yeah. goodness. Good. Oh. Okay. He's back there talking to nobody. In any case, uh, but here's the big one. Here's the one that people need to remember on our Florence Coffee Company coffee break. Coulter, today is your day to try out the Lotus. You got a mm. blueberry Lotus, which is made from green tea, a uh, green coffee bean extract. It's also it's tasty, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's it, not what I expected. It's also it to got B12. Like. It's carbonated. It's sweet, but it's not too sweet. And let me tell you something, Coulter, in about, oh, I don't know, 45 minutes from right now, you are going to be floating around. I mean, you are going to be one excitable human being here when that thing really does its, the work that it's there to do. You know what I mean? I, I cannot wait. Okay. I might save half to before our... Uh or trip tomorrow. Yeah, okay. Well, you do just that. Uh, you take it easy on that thing. Yeah, because I don't want you to get too far out over your skis and start, you know, screaming into the microphone. Uh, in any case, it is Friday. You know, you can stay up late. You can sleep in tomorrow. Okay? You go to a Florence Coffee Company kiosk right now. Get yourself a Florence Coffee Company and get the weekend started off in the right way. Uh, Coulter, we're excited to have Michael Ogine, and we got a lot of things to talk with about him, but I thought just for five minutes here before uh, he comes in studio, I wanted to talk a little bit of Grizz Hoops in general. We've discussed significantly where we are at with the uh, with the team and where you know where they sit coming into this offseason. Right. We agree that they are wrought with talent this season coming into it. And brought with talent, period, in the Travis DeCure era. That's, that's been they, the, they defining, been. the defining uh, element of Coach DeCure's six years at the helm has been superior talent. But tell me this. Do yep. they have top top to bottom, say 15 guys, have they had more total talent than what it, it feels like it appears like they have right now? I mean, yes. we know the Michael yes. Ogine yes. class. Yes, because Ahmad Roy and Michael Ogine are the, is the greatest backcourt combo in the history of the University of Montana. No no doubt. There's no. There's not even a and, question and, about and when you are, talk about a backcourt duo, there's no and, question. And they are both better than anybody on the team. Okay, but I'm talking about 1 through 15. I mean, you're talking about... I I, feel, I I know what you're asking. It seems to me like there's 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 some uh, nine, I, ten, eleven guys on this team that could be starters in this conference, other places. That's their biggest weakness, right? But that's why that's why I'm asking but that question. You 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 if you have Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant, you have to have Dennis Rodman and Bill Wennington and Steve Kerr. You can't have Grant Hill and Jimmy Jackson and Jerry Stackhouse. It doesn't work. The, you got to have guys that are role players. Bobby Moorhead in terms of what his role was on that team is better than anybody that's on the team right now, even though he might not be the most talent, more talented than like a Nassim Gaskin. He is better because he's better at his specific role. So I, and, and I, I, I don't, I'm not arguing with any of that. I, and I'm I also, saying, I, I, I also think when you talk about when you talk about fit, Travis DeCure's not only personality, but style. I mean, we're going to get into it with Mike Ogine. If there ever was a guy who had a reason to be like, man, why is my role d- defined by what it is? I've been putting in the work. I was the highest scoring freshman in the history of the University of Montana. Why am I not making a run at Larry Kostoviak's scoring record? And he never did that. Mm-hmm. He straight took a backseat to Ahmad Rory in terms of handling the ball. He took a backseat to several guys in terms of being the primary scorer. And he still averaged 15 points per game for multiple years in a row. But as far as what Travis DeKeer wants, first, foremost, first, last, and everything is defense. And I know that you know, my, the returns on Michael Stebbin, the reviews on Michael Stebbin are that he's a phenomenal uh, back to the basket, post player. Can be able to score the ball at a high efficiency in the Big Sky Conference. It remains to be seen, but I believe that it probably will be true. We've seen Nassim Gaskin. He's a, he's a great athlete, phenomenal athlete. Cam Satterwhite, phenomenal athlete. You know, Cam Parker, great playmaker. Timmy Falls, great playmaker. None of them are as good as Maude Rory and Michael Ogine, and none of them are as good a combo as those guys. And none of them. And I don't know for a fact, but I really highly doubt that anybody can play defense like Michael Ogine. I, I tend to agree with you. I mean, when we say none of them are, are as good or going to be, when we say none of them are as good, that's not, 
it's not a statement that we can make because it's not even happened. So you could say that they're, there's not, they're not going to be as good. And here's the thing. There's not an overreach. You're talking about what is, as we talked about, the best combo in the history of the, uh, of the universe. Those watching on TV, look at the picture I'm pointing at. Those yeah. that listen to the radio, this is a picture from three years ago. This mm-hmm. was Michael Ogini and Mod Roy's junior year. It's a collage that one of our uh, big fans made us. But in this picture... You have Fabian Klerzovic as the lone senior. Then you have the juniors as Michael Ogine, Ahmad Rory, Bobby Moorhead, and Jamarco. Then you have Syed Pridgett as a sophomore and Carl Nicholas and Timmy Falls as a freshman. That team's way better than the team they have right now. Significantly better. See, Carl I, Nicholas is as talented, if not more talented, than any of the freshmen they had but, last but year. Again, I mean, I just don't think that you're, you're answering my question. I understand what you're saying, but I'm just talking about Taking, Are you talking about in, in relativity to the conference right now? I'm taking if you just add 1 through 15. If you just add them up, boom, boom, boom. This guy's X out of 10. This guy's X out of 10. This guy's X out of 10. You add it all up. I know you can only play five guys. I know you have to have role players that are complementary to the stars. I know you have to guys, have guys that can D up and 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 are willing to take a backseat on the offensive end. I understand all that, and we have no idea if any of that exists on this team. All I'm saying is when you look at the group all the way through – it's crazy what they got right now, it seems to me. The, and the, the, the other thing yeah. that I, I'm going to add to that is this. The, the, the quote-unquote worst that this team has been under Travis DeCure, which wasn't bad, but it still sure. wasn't up to the level that they've been, right. was not a talent issue at all. In fact, no. again, it was maybe too much of a well, talent It's not just situation. too much talent, but also it's the fact that you have multiple guys playing the same positions. That's the thing that I am so curious about this upcoming team. Yes. You have a whole bunch of dudes who are like combo wings, right? Mm -hmm. They're not necessarily the point guard, but they can handle the ball. They like to score off the dribble. But what is Cam Satterwhite doing when Asim Gaskin has the ball? How does Timmy White and Cam Parker, or Timmy Falls, excuse me, and Cam Parker interact with each other? They both need to be the point guard. And that's why I think this is going to be one of the the, the biggest coaching jobs that Coach DeCure is going to have. When you look at this picture that we're looking at, we're talking about that team from three years ago, you have multiple good players at all five positions, mm-hmm. though. I mean, you have a point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center in this picture, multiple of them. I, I don't know. This team just seems like they have a point guard in Timmy Falls, but it, can he actually be a 35-minute-a-game point guard? And then they have a point guard in Cam Parker, but then they have a whole bunch of just... And Josh Vasquez. Right. One guy's going to be the odd man out. Right, how they react. Uh, that's that's what I'm saying. I, we we don't know how we it's going to go. I'm just saying it's stacked. It's loaded up. You don't want to hear us bloviate about this anymore. So we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Michael Logine in studio next. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better, by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> it's it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I actually think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short, everything. (laughs) 
they have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, they are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. I mean, Lord knows I can't say the word. It's a hundred letters. We got two sports centers left, and you are utterly... You are up a creek. This my morning, friend. when I was reading it, I just I just recited and recited. But you know, it's easier when you pre-recorded. Stu Tell New One is one of two ninety ESPN Radio, and we are happy now to be joined in studio by one of our all-time favorites, former Montana Grizzly and current Sufa Weissenhuntens of uh, Northern <laughs> Northeastern France, uh, professional basketball player Michael Logine. Michael, great to see you, man. Thanks for coming down here. We appreciate it. How you doing? I'm good, man. Good to see you guys. It's good to see you. We're uh, we're thrilled to have you in here. Uh, there's so much to talk about uh, since the last time that we spoke here. You uh, played professional basketball in Turkey. You had to come back from that because you ran into a little bit of a medical issue, which you didn't even know about, got cleared up, and now you're back on the market, and now you've signed again. So we got a whole bunch to get to, but we got to start here. What's it been like to be back in Missoula not playing basketball for the Grizzlies. I know there was like, okay, go back to school, do a little bit of maybe GA stuff, that kind of thing. But just to be back around the program, but after your playing career, looking back, what is it, what's that? Is that weird? I mean, it's a good question. Like, at first, it was pretty weird, you know, coming back to that first, um, actually the football game. Going to a yeah. football game was, you know, kind of interesting. But Did you sit in the student section or did you have to go up with all the old guys now, like in a regular seat with a seat back and everything? Uh, I mean, I was in a box, you know, but uh, <laughs> it was nice. They asked me to raise the 37 flags. Yes. So that was obviously an honor, you know, um, a lot of fun doing that. I got to do it one time before with uh, Ahmad and Jamar um, after we won our first championship. So, you know, it's always good to be back. Um, going to the first Grizz, Grizz game, a basketball game was kind of weird, you know, just having just recently been on that court playing. Now to see the new guys up there, you know, it was a good feeling, you know, to watch them. Some guys, like, you know, you started their your career with them when they were younger. Um, to see them now, you know, it was, I was excited for them. I was happy, but I can't lie, you know, it was kind of weird to not be on the court. So often when your basketball career ends, then real life begins, right? And your basketball career is not quite over yet, but you... Still just beginning. Just beginning, right? But you, Jamar Coe, Bobby Moorhead, you guys all kind of had this unique experience where you guys are all living in Missoula the year after it's kind of over, but you got to kind of share it together, too. I mean, going to Grizz basketball games with those guys and stuff, I mean, I guess, first of all, what was the reception like in the community? Because I'm sure you guys have... You're walking around like back-to-back champions and you get an extra year to enjoy it, right? Yeah, man, I mean... It's, it's great being back. You know, when I first arrived back in Missoula, I came to a practice and, you know, like the whole practice stopped and like you know, all my guys came and, you know, kind of like tackled me. And that was, you know, a great feeling, you know, having went through, you know, what I did going over season, having come back, you know, it was great to be accepted by the guys and the community in general, you know, to just kind of welcome me back. It was a great feeling. So, um, you know, I got a lot of love from Missoula, so I'm, I'm glad to be back. Let's talk about your time over in Turkey. I know it was brief. 
but you did play. You played exhibition, you know, games uh, uh, prior to the regular season starting, and you went there, and you're in Turkey in your first international professional sort of, you know, experience. How, how memorable was that? I mean, that's got to be a great thing to have done and get off the plane and look around and go, wow, here I am. This this is home now. That experience of like, okay, I got to gotta make it go here now, right? Exactly. You know, it's, it's kind of like you said, uh, you know, so I signed and, you know, I was ready to go. Obviously, my first contract, you know, trying to get my career started. When I got there, you know, it was it was great. You know, I flew in direct from LAX to Istanbul, which was a nice flight, just 13 hours straight. Um, we got there and, you know, Istanbul is a huge city. It didn't really feel too different from America. Like, you know, just big city, a lot of stuff going on. The town I was in was a couple hours east of Istanbul. So, you know, got on the... Uh, got on the taxi and went back to the city, and that was a fun experience. Wait, you rode a taxi two hours? Uh, I guess not really a taxi, more like an arranged like pickup. Okay, okay, you had a car, yes, yeah, I okay. Mean, I say taxi, but okay, it was our driver. Gotcha, right, right. gotcha. So we drive back and we stop. The guy doesn't speak any English, yeah. and I'm there with my other American who was uh, signed with me. And you know me, I was practicing a little bit of Turkish before I got there. So <laughs> I say my greetings, and the guy assumes that I speak Turkish. And I'm like, hey man, like I only know a few words. <laughs> but it's funny because the rest of the ride, he would like talk to me like like I knew what he was saying. I'd just be like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we stopped to get some food, and it's funny. Me and my American, we went out. There was a Burger King that was um, uh, close by because he, he assumed we would like that. But I was just excited to try, like, to try the Turkish. Yeah, thing. right. So I went to a little cafe and ordered some Turkish dish. I forgot what the name of it was, but it looked like pizza, and it was really good. You know, the food was good. But it's funny because the guy, we actually lost him. So after we ordered our food, me and my American were looking around. And we're like, hold on, where'd this guy go? So we're out here stranded. And like, Wait, did he just leave us? So that was kind of a fun experience. We got to, I guess, we kind of traveled around and saw what Turkey was like during that time. And then he must have went to the bathroom or something. But finally caught back up to him and headed back there. But like you said, right off the plane, it was, it was a great experience. And I love that kind of stuff. You've been abroad before, right? Mm-hmm. Where else have you been? So... Mm, not much actually, but so I've been to Nigeria with your folks, right? Yeah, where my family's from. With the team, honestly, we traveled quite a bit. Yeah, Virgin Islands, Costa Rica, Bahamas. Um, other than that, I haven't done too much traveling to be honest. So it was a great experience. Well, I mean, Brian's family spent a ton of time in Africa. Just getting to know you a little bit. You spent some time. So in my mind's eye, I can imagine Africa. I can't imagine Turkey whatsoever, though. I mean, how much different is it? What was surprising about it? That's a good question. You know, um, a lot of people don't really, I guess, understand. I think it's more of a geographical problem. You know, like Turkey's a pretty big place. Um, You know, Istanbul is actually the only city, as far as I know, that's in both Asia and Europe. Right. Mm. So I was able to, um, as I was driving back into my city, like, you know, we crossed like the bridge that was, you know, part Europe, part Asia. So, um, you know, it's a really big place, but you know, people are very friendly. That's the thing that stuck out the most. Like, Turkish people, super, super friendly. Hmm. And when, like, obviously I didn't speak a lot of Turkish, but, like, I would try and make efforts, and they love that stuff, you know? Like, they were very opening, I mean, open to that stuff. Like, I would go to the markets and say, all right, I'm going to go by myself, try not to uh, have an English guy with me and just try to, like, order stuff, and I had fun doing it. It was a great place. Seventh grade social studies, we had to... Draw oh, here country, we go. country out of a hat. Time. You had to draw a country out of a hat, right? <laughs> yeah. And you have to write a, a big report on it. And yeah. I drew Turkey. And I remember being just so enthralled because, I mean, if you study that region of the world, I mean, it's the 
crescent of civilization, right? I mean, the, That's right. The, the original empires, the original, I mean, all, all of what we know as modern day cities and things like that, it all stems from some of those Constantinople, early, Constantinople, bro, the, the, the Byzantine Empire, the Oman Empire. Did you have a chance to explore any of that kind of stuff while you were there? So it's funny, that was definitely on my bucket list. Yeah. You know, go to museums, like learn about, like you said, like super early civilizations. I didn't really get too much time to do that stuff, but um, you know, one thing I, that stood out there was that they were very um, proud of like their leaders and like their founders. So you'd go to places and there'd be like a statue and like, you know, every Turkish guy would tell you, oh yeah, that guy, he did so much for our country. And they kind of honor like, you know, their past leaders. So that was pretty cool, but didn't really get to deep dive into like the history like I wanted to. Two telling one is 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, Michael Ogine in studio with us. And uh, Mike, we know you you were there, you're excited to get going. Then all of a sudden, you know, they do, they run everybody through their normal physical. You have a screen that comes up you know, with some questions on it, you know, okay, what's going on now? You don't have to get into any of the specifics of it, but it was something that I think maybe could have been worrisome and turned out not to be very happily. Yeah. You come back here, you get, you know, sorted out, and now you're back to, to everything that you need to be. But there's a space of time where you probably, you wonder, right, is, am I done playing ball? Like, is this thing over? So here's my question. It's got a great happy ending, but during that space of time, first of all, the emotional standpoint of it, but also just the basketball standpoint of it. I mean, you're about to go play professional basketball in France. Great, great league. How good at basketball are you right now? Like, I mean, how, how much did you stay with it and say, no, no, this is going to work itself out and I'm going to get going and be ready to go? It's a good question. You know, um, I wasn't in Turkey long, but the thing that I picked up right away was how different, like, the game is in Europe. You know what I'm saying? Like, in America, a lot of it, especially like in the NBA, it's a lot of like, you know, one-on-one -on -one game. That's very important. Like you see guards training here in America and a lot of it is like, you know, go get a bucket, like work on your ISO game, trying to like score. In Turkey, at least, you know, and I think Europe overall, the game is more team oriented, if that makes sense. And I feel like IQ and, you know, kind of just like pace, timing and stuff, those m might be more important than like athleticism, you know, and just, you know, one-on-one -on -one work. So that was something that I picked up. My coach there was, you know, super helpful with that. And so I was able to kind of get a different feel. And I'm like, okay, like, well, if I'm preparing for European basketball, like, you know, it's, it's a different game. So even though I wasn't there long, I was able to take, you know, some key things and add that and work on them. You know, this whole time, like, like you say, like, you know, I wasn't playing, but I was just, you know, was like looking at a different opportunity to work on some things that, you know, I probably needed before I got there. So I kind of try to look at things like blessings in disguise. So I was able to, you know, pick up more of like the, like studying a lot of film, you know? So I started watching a ton of European basketball and it, like I said, it's a different game. So I do feel like while my skills are still there, I've still been working out, still been training, I kind of added some more just by getting a glimpse of what European basketball is like. So I'm excited to go in there and apply that next season. Uh, thinking about just the way that you play, I mean, you made such a name for yourself here in Montana, your athleticism, your explosiveness, but also your defensive play. But also, like you're saying, you know, a lot of times you guys run a very structured offense, but we need a bucket, you get out and transition or you go ISO. But there wasn't a lot of freelance. There wasn't a lot of chance for Michael Ogina to just move without the ball, get open. Have you thought about that element? I mean, just the way that you can maybe emphasize those parts of your game? Definitely. Um, one thing is, you know, I was – a lot of the guards there, you know, they're going to be, like, methodical, you know, mm -hmm. not a whole ton of, like, you know, hyper-athletic guards. But a lot like Harold Frey at Montana State, right? Yeah. Like where he's not that athletic, but it doesn't yeah. matter because he's just – he's so skilled, crafty. right? He's going to be yeah. – I mean, side note, he's going to have a great career. I mean, he's played over there already, so right. I'm excited to see what he does there because I think his game is perfect, you know, for that. But I think where I can succeed is, you know, giving them something that they're not used to, you know, picking up full court, trying to speed the guards up, you know. 
crashing the offensive glass. You know, they're not used to, you know, their guards flying in over people's backs, trying to get rebounds. Um, you know, it's different for them. Like, and, you know, that's when I was there, the coach was telling me, like, yeah, do play to your strengths. Like, you know, this is why we got you here. Like, we know what you can do. Apply that. Just because, you know, some guys are playing differently doesn't mean you have to switch up your whole game. You can learn. Like, you know, you're a rookie. Like, you're going to learn some stuff, but don't get away from your strength. So I'm excited to continue that, you know, put pressure on guards, you know, be the fastest one on the court, be athletic, do all those things. So. One thing that's so interesting to me when you analyze all the different levels of basketball, high school basketball compared to AAU basketball, compared to college basketball, compared to the NBA, and then compared to international basketball, they're di- they're much different in a lot of different ways, right? I mean, when you watch D1 men's basketball, it's incredibly structured. You you have to play within a system, yeah. right? So just the kind of the freelancing nature of it, I mean, that must be very appealing to you because you haven't got to play like that since, what, high school? Yeah, since high school, since AAU, like – that's another thing I'm excited about. Um, 24 second shot clock, you know, it, I, I like that. You know, that's something that I think is great. You know, while like, you know, the game is more structured and team oriented, you know, it's still, it's it's simple. You know what I'm saying? Like ball screens, almost, almost everything you end up is in will end up in a ball screen. You know what I'm saying? And I definitely feel like, you know, I like playing out of ball screens and I had way more opportunity to play ball screens while I was there. I know I'm going to have a lot of opportunities to be in ball screens when I go to France next year. And that's something I'm kind of looking forward to, you know, creating something, you know, kind of out of nothing, which is, you know, kind of what the program is like. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to give this my honest best shot. Sufi Wiresheim. How how <laughs> why are you why are you grinning at me like that? I mean, I'm not going to say my French okay. expert. <laughs> just say just say give me the shortened version of it. You know that you said there's a short version of this. Yeah, I mean, from what I know, a lot of people just refer to it as a soufel. 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 That's Let's easy. do that. Yeah. It's like a souffle. It's a soufel. Okay. Uh, you, you signed when? Yesterday? Two days ago. Mm, technically, I signed earlier than that. Okay. I was announced yesterday. Okay, announced yeah. yesterday. Okay. Two days ago? I think I saw that on Instagram. Soufel. I don't know. Yesterday. One in the, in, in any case, days, yeah. there are, there's so many, obviously, countries in, in Europe that have great basketball, uh, East East Asia, or West Asia, I guess it is, uh, that, have, that have great leagues. How do you get linked up, first of all, with a league and second of all, with a team, given how many there are that, you know, guys that see your skills, whether it's through an agent or whatever, to figure that out? Like, how does that process go that then you get on with Sufel? It's honestly like just my agent. You know, I have to give a ton of credit to my agent because, you know, he he has a lot of confidence in me and he stuck with it. You know, there was some points where. I honestly feel like he was more confident than I was that I, you know, be able to get another shot this early. And he's just work, you know. It really comes down to working. Like, you know, some we're in college, like in the NCAA, you know, it's it's a good league because like overseas, like, you know, a lot of people, their best players in other countries would love the opportunity to come play like at a D1 level. So obviously being, you know, in the D1 level, there's a ton of people, you know, the best get to the NBA. And then from there, all over the place, like you said. Um, and the good thing about kind of being a pro athlete is that your career is your resume. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you have to really do much work after you play. Like you kind of just play your four years, your two years, whatever, and then your game kind of does its talking and it makes your agent's job easier, you know, the better career you have. Do you talk to guys like Wayne Tinkle, Brian Qualley, various guys who've been overseas and made careers out of it and say, what do I need to know What to, just to do this in general? And it's not just those guys too, though, right? I mean, you talk about the lineage of great Grizz guards. Well, just pl- lately, I mean, dudes. Kareem Jamar's still yeah, playing overseas. Right. Will Cherry's played overseas. Jordan Gregory's played overseas. Ahmad Rory's still playing overseas. Yeah. Um, it's funny, I talked to Quality actually yesterday, two days ago, and yeah, he's definitely like, he's a journeyman, but he's had it, you know, an unbelievable career. He loves it. He loves it. 
he loves it. And like his thing is that he'll tell you that it's just about like kind of doing your role. You know, it's not like he's over there putting up like 40 and 20 every game. Like he might put up eight points and eight rebounds in 18, 20 minutes a game. And he had a great season. Teams love it. Hey, this is your job. This is your role. And I think he's great at just, you know, doing what the team asks. He doesn't try to do too much. He, like, keeps a good attitude. And I think that's why he's had so much longevity with his career. And he's got a sweet truck out of it. You've seen that? <laughs> it's like a 67 or something like that. Oh, yeah. classic rig he's got. Love it. You mentioned the the part about being a college athlete, though. I think that's another thing that maybe gets lost on people sometimes is that you not only you play basketball, but you also have all the schoolwork to take care of. I mean, you're growing up, you're becoming an adult, you're learning how to, you know, just even do little things like make yourself dinner, stuff like that. But also the NCAA, I mean, you can only practice a certain amount with coach. I mean, you can put in the work on your own, but a lot of times it's it's so tight on what you can do. Whereas now this is your job. You're a professional. I mean, when you hear that, when you hear Michael Logan is a professional basketball player, I mean, what, how does that ring in your head? I mean, to be honest, it's just a dream come true. That's the only way I can see it. You know, um, it's all—it's what I've always wanted to do. Like, I might, like you said, I was a student athlete at Montana. You know, I did a lot of things off the court, you know, that were important in the community, in the classroom, all that stuff. But, I mean, to be completely honest, like, it was just about basketball. Like, my goal is to be a professional basketball player. Like, the other stuff that comes, it's super important. And it's, you know, I put a lot of effort and time into that. But if you ask me what I wanted to do, it was always to be a professional basketball player. So what you ask, when you ask me what that means, it's just a dream come true, to be honest. Well, now everybody dreams about being in the NBA, right? Uh, I mean, Ryan even had dreams of being in the NBA when he was a little kid, right? What do you mean? When I was, I have dreams now of being in the NBA. It's not looking great for but, me. But, but we, but we've, 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 talked, if I though, need to. we've talked a couple times though, that, you know, being in the NBA would be amazing, obviously. You're, you're in the best league in the world, the best pro sports league of regardless of sport, in my opinion, in the world. You're one of the top 400 basketball players in the world. But the opportunity now, I mean, how many people would love, how old are you, 22, 23? 23. I mean, how many people would love to get a chance to go live in France when they're 23 years old? I mean, the, the cultural experience part of this, Matt, must be so exciting for you, too. It really is. And, you know, some guys, it's not for everybody, you know. There are ton of ton of talented players that you know stick around in america stick out in the g league that you know in hopes of getting to the nba and you know a lot of these guys are turning down you know huge deals to go play overseas just because you know it's like it's different you know it's a culture right. shock because it changed and you know i respect it like some people just don't feel, feel like having to pack up everything and leave what they have in america but for me that you know that was never a problem it was honestly more of like an appeal like I'd love to get the chance to, like you said, go experience a new culture, learn a new language, you know, eat some new food, see some new sites. Like, I love that stuff. Well, you already did it. You came to Montana. <laughs> True. <laughs> I mean, this when you when you're from. I mean, when you're from LA, though, right? I mean, this was like going to a foreign country when you first got here. Right. right? I can't. You're, that's actually true. <laughs> um, how much French have you started to learn, and or German? It's close to the German border, right? So yeah, are you are you are you, were you were working on your Turkish? Now you're working on your French German. Just French, just French. Okay, just French. I'll need to learn too much German. Okay. Uh, I mean, I did some research on like the history of the city. Like, I have a super interesting history. Like, mm. going from being a French, you know, region to then getting occupied by Germany, then yep. getting the independence again, going back to France. Um, but I'm learning on the. Uh, on the phone, the apps, they have good apps out there you can learn. My coach there actually asked me to, you know, start learning German, which I thought was pretty interesting. He said it's going to, you know, facilitate my time there and probably make things easier. To for start me. learning German? No, or French. French. Okay, okay. My coach in yeah. France texted me and said, hey, man, like, start, learning French. start learning some French. Okay, yeah. Um, which is interesting. You know, when I was in Turkey, my coach actually spoke fluent English. Mm -hmm. I had a teammate, which was actually really cool. 
Um, he was one of my be- he was my best friend out there because he was a full like you know American. Like, he was born and raised in Georgia, but his mother was Turkish, so he had a Turkish passport, and he spoke fluent Turkish and like but he spoke in like a Southern Georgia accent. Like super unique opportunity like to have like basically an American who was also a whole Turkish man. So he was definitely like that you know facilitator. He was that like liaison between like the Turkish you know and myself. So he was great to have. Um, you know, I wonder what it's going to be like. I'm sure people will speak more English in France than they did in Turkey. But, you know, just out of respect, too, I want to kind of immerse myself. So I'm going to do my part and try to learn as much as I can. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Now, uh, I put together a little trivia for you and Coulter knows this is no small effort on my part because I'm bad <laughs> at this okay but uh there have been some fantastic French players that played in the NBA both current and former I got a list of five names all relatively modern we're not going like we're not going to the 80s and before but but you know before, probably this 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 millennium who you got who do you know what French names do you know that were French players in the NBA Tony Parker, Rodrigo Bois, Boris Diaw, uh, Rudy Gobert, Evan Fournier. Um, now, you've already said more names that are on my list, but you <laughs> have gotten th- Rudy Gobert, Tony Parker, and Boris Diaw are on my list. Okay. I got two others for you. That on your list, let me think. Big name. Yeah, who did he get that wasn't on your list? He said Evan Fournier. I, said, yeah, yeah. Yep. Ajinsa, is he French? Alex Ajinsa, big guy. Let me think, because I'm. there's really obvious ones. Mikel Petrus. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm. Um, Seven Fournier. I mean, this should be. Man, I'm kind of blanking right now. You didn't blank at all. You got like you got seven or eight guys. Um, that's pretty good. Here you go. You ready? Wait, wait, wait. Give okay. Me two more seconds. Okay, okay. You take your time. Give me two more. Give me one little hint. You're, you're missing. You're missing okay. the best French player that's in the league right now. He's been enraptured well, in controversy. Well, well, no, no, no. He said Gobert. Oh, he said Gobert. He said Rudy Gobert. Oh, okay, okay. I was he said, say, he said, I was say, because he's the best one I got right two, now. I got two guys. One is a current player, and one is a former player. The former player matriculated through Gonzaga. Oh, Turia, Roni. Roni Turia. Yeah, of course. That's right. Okay, and the other one, uh, I believe, is still on the Blazers. Uh, no, 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 no. He plays for the uh, Bobcats, and he's the uh, most overpaid player in the entire NBA. Oh, oh he, he went to the he, yeah, he, he, went to, he went to the Bobcats. Okay, yeah, poor him he because he's Charlotte. a great player, Nick but he just got cast in the wrong role, and then he was getting paid all the money, and yeah. then uh, it, it's all let, kind of. Let me tell apart. you, it doesn't. It, no, I, like you <laughs> never feel bad for getting overpaid if that's what happens. That's, that's you know, like, you go, that, okay, well, you know what. Thank you very much. That's like, that. that's like Coach Fish used to always say. I'm on Tennessee State. He used to always say, if you boys, if you ever write my obituary and it says, in any part of it, earn $75 million, you can say whatever you want about <laughs> me after that. <laughs> to tell them they want us on ESPN Radio. Michael Logine in here uh, with us. Educate us a little bit about the French League. It's a very good league. And and what you know about the team that you're playing for and and sort of its play. Like, what when does it take place? How many teams are there? Like, just the basics of this. So um, there are 18 teams in Pro A and Pro B. So Pro A is the top league, yep. Jeep Elite. Pro B, which is the league I'm in, mm-hmm. is the second league. Top 
the champion of Pro B will get promoted to the top league every like year. soccer kind of yeah, yeah exact same mm-hmm. exact structure as like European soccer and then the bottom two teams in Pro A will drop down the bottom two teams in Pro B will drop down to the third division and it's interesting because we actually just voted like they had me vote I don't know why like just recent <laughs> time but they had me vote on what to do with the last season and it was already decided that it was cancelled so the vote was for all the teams like all 36 teams in Pro A and Pro B to decide okay are we gonna have name a champion is anyone going to get promoted? Is anyone going to get relegated? And um, I think it was pretty like clear. Everyone voted that they're just going to freeze the results, no champions, no relegations, and they'll just run it back. You know, the options were kind of crazy. One of the options was to combine the results of, this, of last season and this season and have like a running table mm. two years, which I thought was kind of ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I mean, so everything's going to start on time, I guess, for next season. And when is that? When does it start? It should start September 15th, yeah. I think. So, yeah. Well, very good. One piece of this is actually really interesting because I was uh, looking up French players, but Bob Cousy, yeah, former Boston Celtics legendary Hall of Fame point guard, although he was born in New York City, he was conceived in Paris, Paris, France. His parents are both French immigrants. Is that right? So he was a first generation American who was actually conceived in France, but then some nine months later, born in New York well, City. So uh, he's actually considered French because he was not an American citizen when he was born because his parents had not become American citizens. Let me tell you something. Uh, if you've been to Paris, there's a lot of conception that's happened in Paris <laughs> for people that weren't living in Paris. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that is that is the city of cities right there. Love Paris, France. I got to ask you more about the language thing because you know um, Katie Bussey, who's an all-big sky player at Montana State, yeah, she bounced around in the EuroLeague for a little while. She landed on a couple teams in Germany, and the coaches refused to speak English. They only spoke German. And she, she was just, she couldn't do it. She, she didn't, couldn't figure out any of the offense. She couldn't figure out any, what they wanted. But then she got into a Swedish league where everybody spoke English, and she's been a you know, perennial all-star. I think she was the MVP a couple of years ago. Wayne Tickle on Grizz Greats podcast, which, by the way, anybody out there that needs something to listen to, go revisit that Grizz Greats podcast. Grizz Greats, the coaching tree. You can find it on all your podcast apps. But the episode with Wayne Tickle, he talked extensively with us because I think he made 10 different stops throughout his career. Yeah. Uh, throughout oh, Europe. for sure. And he said that was the number one thing. If I had a coach that I could understand and communicate with, it went well. If I had somebody <laughs> that I couldn't understand, it didn't go well. So uh, what do you anticipate on that element? I mean, are they? Uh, does this coach speak English? So through... The communication I've had with him through WhatsApp, like he spoke English, or at least he typed English pretty well. That's good. Um, but like I said, like the fact that he asked me to learn French, which I was already doing it on my own, but you know it's kind of extra motivation. Like okay, like yeah, like let me let me learn, you know, let me prepare myself, let me like not let that be a hindrance to my career, like because I can't speak the language. So, you know, I'm taking it pretty seriously. I'm trying to like you know feel comfortable with the language. You know, it's the same thing when soccer players sign big contracts to go to a new country, like. That's a big thing when coaches sign to play in a different country. Like they have to learn the language of the league just because you know it, it's kind of imperative to their job. So, so now you got what, what is it like four months or so, three four months before the season scheduled to start. We got a lot of things going on right now that aren't normally going on when it comes to starting sports, when it comes to travel, when it comes to all the things that you're facing right here. Have they sent you or will they send you things like workouts that they want you to be doing, th- film? Game, like playbooks, you know, the, the, you know, the structure of, of what they want to run, how they want to run it, and how is it that you're going to go about working, not just on your game as a player, but as your game now as a member of this team? Good question. Um, this kind of like an expectation as a pro that you should always be ready. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a professional player and your agent is, you know, shopping you to teams, 
at, at least expect you to be in shape. You know what I'm saying? To be like have being back. Well, you look like you have not been. You know. Missing many, you know, you're, you're missing many workouts. You look all right, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a little self, you know, loathing in there. But go ahead. No, I appreciate it. Um, on the other front, you know, not typically that they ask you to, like, you know, give you, like, a playbook or watch film, but I kind of just reached out out of my, like, you know, own, like, angst. You know, I wanted to get, I wanted to be, like, you know, involved as soon as I could. Sure, yeah. So this deal was kind of, like, I guess it's not, like, you know, public information, but like, you know, this deal was kind of in place for a while. So before they even announced me, I talked with the GM in my head, man, like, do you have any film? Like, can I watch some film? And he's like, of course. So he sent me like every game from last season. So I've been watching that like extensively, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm kind of a sports guy, you know, like I'm watching soccer's back in Germany and I love it. I'm, I'm loving it. Like I'm watching film all the time, but um, it was really nice to have like film of like, you know, my own team, the same system that I'm going to be in. You know, the coach over there, the GM spoke really highly of him and apparently he was voted, you know, one of the best coaches in France. So I'm excited to get, you know, familiar with his system. So I've been watching it, studying it, you know, trying to see myself where I can fit in, what I should work on, you know, to make the jump easier there. So yeah, that's been, it's to me that stuff is fun, but it's also gonna, you know, prepare me. Um, so, because kind of like you said too, things are pretty uncertain right now. Like, who knows, like I signed this contract, they announced me, but you know, as we all know, like stuff happens, you know, there is a chance that, you know, I get there, one thing leads to another and who knows, I might find myself back in the States. So, you know, this is kind of me just doing my due diligence, trying to do everything I can to, you know, prevent a situation like that, whether it's medical, whether it's like I, w I didn't come in shape or, you know, I wasn't shooting the ball well. I'm just trying to be ready to, um, you know, give my best and hope that everything go goes well. When we get you out of here on this, then uh, you mentioned that you maybe had some bucket list stuff for Turkey. France, I mean, that's one of the most historical places in the world. I know you're a big soccer guy, so probably want to catch a couple soccer matches. What else is on the list, though, you might want to check out when you're not doing the basketball thing? Yeah, soccer is definitely big. Like, you know, um, I'm a, I don't know if you guys know, I'm a big Dortmund fan. That's a team in Germany. Mm. I looked it up. It's a few-hour drive away from me. I'm definitely going to get up there. Like, no matter what, I will watch a Dortmund game at the Westfalen Stadium. There you go. So, other than that, um, I want to visit, like, the Rhine. That So, the, the city is, like, right... Um, on the Lower Rhine River, mm -hmm. and that's a historic, you know, trading route. Like they say back in the day, that you know everything had to run through there through Europe because you know it's right in the middle of Europe. So I want to visit some of those castles. Um, there's a Nord Nord Notre Dame in Strasbourg, which is the city I'll fly into. Definitely want to visit that. I've seen pictures and it looks beautiful. You know the cathedrals, um, museums too. Like I think mm -hmm. those main things like castles, museums, churches. Just getting like that European experience. I'm, I'm excited, man. Well, I know Colt just said this was the last one, but there's one more last hey, one. Okay, all, okay. You you are realizing your dream, which you which you realized in part already of being a professional basketball player. But for a guy like you coming out of, of high school playing ball in Los Angeles, then you go to this outpost in Montana to play college basketball, which maybe wasn't the the first thing that you thought of when you were a freshman or sophomore in high school, then you say, okay, and now you got a chance to play professional ball. You get over there, you find out, well, what do you mean? I, you know, I got to go get a medical situation cleared up. Very disappointing and major question marks that gets resolved. Now you realize the stream again, but the, the, the path for you has been a circuitous one. It had its ups and downs, but how, I don't know, ex not excited, but just just how uh, 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 sort of optimistic and happy are you about the path that you have been on to this point and now where it has delivered you? It's a great question. Um, you know, I just kind of got to take everything in stride. You know, I'm a pretty big believer in, you know, things, you know, 
will kind of work out the way they're supposed to. You know, things will fall in place. Things happen for a reason. You know, I, I do believe that. Um, I wouldn't really trade it, you know. Like, every experience, like you said, started when I first picked up a ball. Then when I got to high school and I got to Montana, you know, I, I wouldn't really trade it, you know, because all those experience, experiences, they made me into who I am today. You know, I learned a ton about myself in the past year um, going through, you know, it's a difficult time for me. But, uh, you know, like I said, I wouldn't really trade it because, you know, I do get another chance to play. Um, I'm super, super thankful for the team um, in France. You know, this feels better when I signed that contract. You know, it felt exponentially better than the first time because the first time it's like, oh, I, I knew, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, well, of course I'm going to play somewhere. Like, I don't know where, but I'm going to play somewhere. But, you know, after going through the hard times, I'm like, dang, like, that might have been it. Like, am I really going to, like, pick up a basketball again to go play professionally? And when I was able to get the opportunity, you know, I was just so thankful. So I'm thankful for the team over there in France. I'm excited to play for those fans. Looks like they got some good fans there. They're passionate. I'm thankful for the coach, the GM, you know, for giving me a shot. And I'm going to do everything I can to, you know, make the most of this opportunity because I know what it looks like when I'm not playing and I'd rather be playing. So I'm going to do everything I can to keep it going. Got 10 more minutes? I do. <laughs> All right, well, let's, let's, because uh, I, I want to ask him a couple things about the Grizz. So we'll reshuffle the outline. We'll have Chick who doesn't know sports in the second hour, but we That's need right. to get 10 more minutes out of Michael. He, I mean, he's my gonna, goodness. I mean, he's going to be halfway across the world. We got to get a few thoughts on the Grizz. We'll back after this. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right, golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high-quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top-of-mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a 1,000 of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends. Watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they are talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. Tell Nuanas on a nine ESPN radio SWX Montana television. Michael Ogine, former Grizz, current French professional, in studio with us. That goes to Tell at one two nine ESPN and at Skyline Sports MT on Twitter. Uh, Michael, we uh, said about fifteen minutes ago is your last question. Turns out you're going to be here till six, so I hope you're comfortable. <laughs> uh, and uh, Coulter, I, we talked we talked extensively about. Mike, in his path, but also 
it is still Grizzly basketball happening in uh, Missoula, Montana. So let's talk a little bit about the Grizz. I know you got a number of questions about it. Well, first of all, last year's Grizz team came in with so many question marks because you guys had six seniors that graduated, and then uh, it was kind of a, a new era, so to speak. Saeed Pridget was kind of the one holder. I guess Timmy played some minutes. Timmy Falls played some minutes with you guys as well. But such a new identity to the team. But then it, when they started meshing last year, they really started rolling, and it was really too bad the, the season ended like it did because, you know, they had a lot of pressure coming to senior night. They lose on senior night. But then we talked on the show that that might be the best thing that ever happened to them. We both thought they were going to go win the tournament. Then they don't get to play in the tournament. What was your take on last year's Grizz team? You know, it was a sad ending, you know, not being able to get that redemption because, like you said, they kind of ended the regular season on a down note. But, yeah, you know, sometimes that's fuel to the fire. I was excited to see them go out. And especially Saeed, you know, his last go around, you know, he had the – Amazing regular season, got snubbed, didn't win MVP. So I was super excited to see how he bounces back. Um, it's just unfortunate, you know, the team, ton of growth. I would say that's the main thing I got to give them credit for because, you know, that early season loss that we won't even talk too much about, you know, that that was not a good sign. And the could, season could have went one of two ways. You know, they could have, you know, let that affect them too much and just, you know, start to believe that, you know, this isn't it. Like, this is a wasted year. But, you know, when you have young guys, you're always going to see growth. So those guys kind of got thrown in the fire pretty early, and they started to respond. Um, you know, Saeed did a great job. You know, at first I felt bad for him because it's like he had, you know, leaders. Every time, like, every year he was here, like, he had guys that, you know, he was looking up to that kind of showed him the way, showed him how things were done. And his senior year, he kind of got thrusted, and it's like, okay, now it's your turn. Now you have to do that job that you usually had, like, two, three, four guys doing. You have to do it by yourself, like, for everybody. And, you know, if, I mean, I, I'll tell him, like, he struggled at first, you know, like, but I was very proud of him the way he picked it up, you know, he started encouraging his teammates more, you know, started being that great leader. And I always said Saeed was a natural leader and he was kind of built for the role he was given his senior year. So I'm just super proud of him. Um, Kendall, Timmy, too, they all stepped up. Those guys had tough jobs, too. But, um, yeah, it just sucks that they didn't get to finish it out, man. When you look at this team now, though. That, that, that currently exists. You got guys coming off a year they had to sit out, grad transfers, regular transfers, young guys who were freshmen that played a lot of minutes are going to be sophomores, a four big four incoming class of freshmen, and it seems like a ton of talent. What do you see on the roster as it is right now for the Grizz? Like you said, a lot of talent. Like I, I think that's pretty clear. But that's not... That's not the end of the story, yeah. right? It's not the yeah. most talented team that gets it done. You're right. Often. It's not. So the biggest question for this year's team is are they going to buy in? You know, um, a lot of guys left, you know, a lot of guys that, you know, winning a lot of games aren't there anymore. So now it's new guys coming in from all kinds of different places, whether it's coming in from high school, coming in from other D one programs. You know, the greatest culture that, you know, like Travis built in the past what, six years, you know, it's it's not like easily like replicated, you know, it takes a lot. You know, we went through a lot. So it's going to be interesting to see if, you know, these guys are going to hear Trav say these things because I already know that he's going to bring up his old teams and say, man, like, you know, we went through so much as a team and like it made us better. Are they going to buy in? Are they going to believe him? Or is it just like, oh, man, we're here to get our numbers. We're here to do our thing. That can't happen. And I don't expect it to. I, I know Trav, Cobb, Flo, Zach, they're not going to let that happen. But that's the biggest challenge. If I had to challenge that Grizz team, I, I'd ask all those players, like, are you willing to buy in? Like, do you know what this means? Like, are you willing to put, like, you know, check your ego, put your stuff at the side and, you know, buy into Grizz winning championships? And if they do, then it should be a wrap. There should be no competition for them. But that's the question to see. And that's why 
guys that buy into their roles, like you're saying, like what, what Brian Qualley's done, how he's been able to play overseas because he just buys into his role, does his job. That's the most interesting part because Travis Tahir, he brings in so much talent. But sometimes, I mean, so, like you're, you're senior year, for example, you guys just had so much talent that even if it wasn't meshing all the time, you could just crank it up to the point where nobody could beat you. Yeah. But sometimes then the chemistry get does get a little bit wonky. So, I mean... How hard is that to define roles on a team like this, especially when you are talking about guys that are coming as transfers and have high expectations and they're trying to mesh with guys that have already been here? I mean, how difficult is it? It's tough, man. Like, it's it's very tough. And I'll, I'll keep it real. You know, it's a tough job. Like, the coaches have a lot on their plate because, you know, they have a lot of talent, like you said, but it's getting those guys to play the right way. Um, you know, someone's going to have to step up and really be a leader. Um, you know, but I just – I'm not too worried because it always happens like Trav, you know, he knows what he's doing. He's going to get these guys right. But like you said, that's sometimes that's the biggest role, getting people to just buy in and, you know, having expectations. I came in with some expectations as a freshman, you know, that, you know, I, I feel like I had a great career and everything, but, you know, it's not the way I thought my career would go. Like, right. you know, I thought like um, I didn't know we were bringing in all this talent. I didn't know that, you know, I'd have to like sacrifice some individual numbers. But like I said, like I wouldn't trade that. Like, you know, I think I had a great career here. We got to the tournament, we won a bunch of games, and that's the thing, I was able to buy in. And I'm not the only one, everyone had to do it. Ahmad, Saeed, Bobby, Jamar, Fab, everybody, we all had to buy in. So if these guys can do that, I think they'll like where they end up at the end of this year. Michael, we appreciate the time very much. You've been one of our favorite players to watch, but one of the guys that, as a person, I truly admire that's come through the University of Montana. I really appreciate it. Always love having you here. You're welcome anytime you come back, and we wish you the best. Not that you need our wishes, because it's going to go great for you in France and beyond for sure. Appreciate you being here, man. Appreciate you guys, man. Thank you for having me. Michael Ogine, boys and girls, the best. Quick break, hour two next. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 